Magical Mara Designs is proud to sponsor this episode of the Dub D Dub Review Podcast. If you're looking for custom, comfortable Mickey and Minnie ears, check out our designs or send us a message at MagicalMaraDesigns.com. everyone, and welcome to the Dub Dub Review. I'm Stacey Nyman, and I'm joined today by some of my very best friends in the entire world. First one that I'm going to talk about is Chris Malik. How are you doing today, Chris? Well, uh, about a million times better in the last eight seconds. So, I yeah, know. I'm doing really good now. I'm just trying to be very, very positive in my life today. And my other really, really amazing friend lives all the way in Florida, Mr. Pete Ponacorvo. How are you doing today, Pete? I'm good. I'm excited about tonight's show. Me too. And I hear that you might have a piece of very top secret information that you'd like I to do. share with everybody. I do. Why, first why don't you take all, it away? I'm gonna, first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clue Chris into something. You know, she said she's going to talk about you. Don't worry. I'll tell you what oh, she says. God. Okay. <laughs> okay. But other than that, I have, we, well, we, I shouldn't say I, we have an announcement, and I've decided I'm going to ruin it for everybody else, and I'm going to be the one that makes it. So, we have a guest on the show that is no longer a guest. But starting tonight, we officially have a fourth co-host, and that is our good friend, our collaborateur, and just all-around good guy, Michael Black. Michael, Yay! welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Hey, and this is, now... This is a momentous occasion. I am no longer co-host emeritus. No, no, no. You're no longer co-host emeritus. You're no longer guest. Now you're just stuck with us. Uh, you use the word collaborateur. That's that's like the greatest title I've ever heard. Anyone. I don't even know if it that's is. an actual word. Yeah, I was about to get out the dictionary. Really good. That is, is that the best fr- is that band French? name I've heard in ages. Are you kidding me? The collaborateurs. We have to start something like this. All right. Michael, uh, well, do you want part of this? Are you serious? you want to join this? This is Yes. Yes. This, this is your last out, man. <laughs> once you once you're in after this, you're you're in now. No, I I, I think I think I'm ready to go. Cuz <laughs> All right. Cuz it's done nothing for Peter, Stacy or my career, believe me. It's it's gone downhill since we started. <laughs> just so you know. Well, I just I just learned that you published these conversations. So. Okay. Since okay. Here's my thought on this. Since he seems to be so gung-ho, I say he takes over and he has to do everything for the rest of the show. Oh, my gosh. It's like a rookie hazing. Good. Yeah. It's like a rookie hazing, Michael. Are you you up for this? So what is this, a one-man show? (laughs) Yeah, do you have your monologue prepared? I I do. (laughs) Perfect, then. We're good. Like Waldorf and Statler. We're going to sit in the side and give you snide comments while you try and have a, a, a good show. No. You know what this is a good day for? How about we tackle that Ask Us Anything show that we put on Edcott? 
there would, you go. That would be a, a, a great show. Luckily, Michael's an EdCot member, so he has access to those questions. Frantically searching right now, scrolling. <laughs> I can see him on his phone. What the hell is that post? What is it? What is it? Okay, very good. Here we go. Oh, come on. We are professionals here. <laughs> you were ready. Okay. He so, has them drawn out on his Etch-A-Sketch already. Well, you know what? I, I am going to bring some class to this production. Well, well, well let's, 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 let's talk <laughs> oh, about this for one second. Let's not get carried away. We have a reputation <laughs> to, do, to hold down. You can't be trying to make us good at this. Exactly. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. As long as we're clear. So... Michael's joining us as the fourth host, and Michael, obviously, if you've listened to the dubs, you know Michael's been a friend of ours from nearly the beginning. Um, we're starting a bunch of new things. We're, you know, we're, we have our the Dub Dub Review YouTube channel, and Michael is helping with that. Uh, we're working, you know, with, with a different podcast reach. We have different outlets for the podcast now, so we're really excited. We're we are uh, upward. And expanding all times, and this was a fitting, natural step. So we're excited. Hey, I'm I'm working on it. Okay, I'm not eating as much as I was. I'm trying to eat better. I'm trying not to expand outward any more than I already have. So, so Michael, (laughs) let's throw you to the wolves here. What's good in your life? Um. (laughs) Well, this this is pretty good. Um, Yay! Yay! That's debatable, but sure. Well, I'm going to tell you that it's been it's been quite difficult trying to you know I know that you Chris like to have things uh, build and and everything, but it's been so difficult trying to be behind the scenes doing things and not secretly like posting or sharing or yeah, doing whatever. I, it, it it's been kind of difficult. Let's put it in that. all honesty, folks. Michael's known he's joining the show for a little while now. He just we didn't tell him he could tell anybody. <laughs> Poor, poor guy, too. At the time of recording, this show won't come out for two more weeks still. So I was just oh, thinking poor, that. Poor guy, Michael. Poor guy. But poor okay. Michael. I know, well, we'll just keep moving forward. And just so we know, Chris rejected this name, but it is the Dub D Dub Review Tube. What? I totally wanted that. To I be think it's a, so fun, Chris. Oh. Perfect. I, oh, I, I, Michael, I honestly, when you said that, I was like, yes, that's the YouTube channel. Uh, that's how I will be referring to it. So it may not ahead. be a name, but yes, the okay. WDW Review Tube. Well, I tell you what, you know what? We got You got those questions loaded up, Michael, because these are going to actually be pretty easy to get involved with. You got those questions ready? Yeah, I just thought the whole show was about me, but sure, okay. Um, it can be. <laughs> It can, it can very well be. Well, when I was a young child. Yeah. The Kaiser right. stole. Yeah, okay, very good. <laughs> Let's get right into this. This question, I will throw out there to all of you. Stacy, you may have a hard time answering, but we'll throw this out. It's from Kristen Walbezer. She asks, how did the dubs get started? Mm, Peter, you want to cover that one? Um, oh man, you're gonna make me think. Okay, let's see. And I'll tell you what. Here's it, you're it thinking, a, why you're thinking. It, it actually started from a, I believe, a Twitter conversation. Correct. That you and I had because I I saw your Twitter handle. We realized we lived close by, or we, I lived close to where you worked, but we didn't actually even live very far away. Mm-hmm. And 
we had just been having long Disney conversations already. Correct. And decided, okay, why not? You know, see what happens from it. I was friends with Laura at the time. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I'm, we're still friends with Laura. I don't <laughs> talk to her as much as I used to because she's all the way up in Chicago and her life has become a lot more busy with two kids and everything else. But, you know, I invited her. We all kind of talked and came up with the plan. And here we are 200 and some odd shows later. All true. All true. Um, the only thing I can say to that was, is this Pete, we, we were friends and fans of the, of the resort loop podcast. Yeah. And I think and when we realized like, Hey, we can do that. Yeah. Exactly. And then I remember having conversations with you, and somehow there was a picture where you posted you were at, like, Portillo's or something, and I was like, hey, like, I, I work close to there, and that's how we had the connection. Before yeah. I knew it, like, the next day, this, like, six-foot, five, six. yeah, yeah. five guy comes walking, and, like, he's, like, entering the building where I worked, and I was like, good lord, he's a stalker, or something along those lines. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I'm going to die today. He's going he's gonna to pull a knife on me or something. No. Um, actually, Peter, from that moment forward, I knew was about one of the nicest, coolest guys. He uh, he came bearing gifts. And um, it was a Disney sticker. Uh, one, of, one of the ones that go yeah, on the side of the car. it was one of my custom ones that I, I had done. Correct. So um, we we would love to say we've got a 20-year friendship. We Pete and I became friends about 2014. And, um, you know, five, six, yeah, five, six, five, six years ago. And it came from, there's another question later on. It was a resort loop podcast connection. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud to say that actually, Pete, a lot of the people that are in Edcott and I, I don't know if they're still listeners. I don't want to pry and snoop in their accounts, but a lot of us have resort loop roots. Michael, you have resort loop roots. Oh yeah. Christina, Tamara, Lisa, JJP. These guys all have Resort Loop Podcast Monica. You know, we're all Resort Loop people. And Tim and Bob will always have a, a place in our hearts, you know. And Tim's still working hard, you know, every day to make those Yeah, I, I know we had a lot of Resort Loop connection. And then um, we actually had a lot of VR Guest Podcast connections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yep. Florence and Masayo and, and some of the other. It's I think, Stacy, you were from... We mm-hmm. kind of met you through BOGP, didn't we? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and and if you if you go back way to I don't even know what episode, but I was also on the BR Guest podcast, um, explaining my our crazy uh, weekend adventure where we decided on a Friday to drive to Disney just for the weekend and drove right back Sunday. I think I actually remember hearing that show. <laughs> It was the most ner- – I remember recording that podcast. I was so nervous. I was on my phone. I was in my garage up in Ohio. And when Mike called, it was- Ricky was on the call. It was just those two. Um, and I was just like, oh, I cannot believe. You know, much like today when I'm on the of podcast course. with you all. <laughs> yes. But, I, can hear um, you sh- I can hear your voice shaking I can hear the there. shaking in your voice now. Well, that's just the wine. Um, Anyway, let's move on. Um, And and that does connect to Chad Pennycup's question, which was, what's the backstory of the dubs? Seems like you were fans of Resort Loop. You all are the Laverne and Shirley of Tim and Bob's Happy Days. Uh, Um, I like to think of us more as the Joni Loves Chachi. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so he just wanted to know who said we're doing this. So who was the one that pulled the trigger? Who was the one that said, let's do it? I, I wanted to say that was Chris. And I was like, yeah, why not? That's, I think, how it went, too. But I, I think it was a group decision. I think it was me and you, buddy. We, we, we had just talked and said there are a bunch of podcasts out there. And we were. I think the world needs one more Disney podcast. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there was definitely an empty spot that we had to fill. No, we didn't know what angle we wanted to take. We just know that what we heard we could do, and we had no idea how to do it. We had, <laughs> you know, we have no that idea. is that is such the understatement, right? We were starting. I remember looking up on your computer at work, like. All right, what do we need to do to do this? Yeah. Like, are we okay? We got to get microphones. What's a decent microphone that's not going to be like half a car payment? Correct. You know, uh, headphones. Do we need headphones? We probably need headphones. And it, it just took us some time to get things put together. And, you know, how do we record this? Yeah. Okay, so we how does the sound where my voice to this computer? That's where we started off at. First of all, what's the internet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. Well, okay. We're talking like AOL, right? You know, like I have mail stuff, right? No, it's no. you got mail. Come on. Okay. Anyway, that's what I uh, just said. I've got mail. <laughs> All right, Stacy. We're going to work you into this one here, okay? okay? Because this one is. I'd like to know how you all met. So this one really has nothing to do with podcast. I suppose. Um, so, how did you all meet? All right. Well, I can answer how I kind of came into knowing both Chris and Pete. I was on the Be Our Guest Lizards, the running group, um, before I was even a runner. And just kind of dabbling in it, trying to figure out if I wanted to start running. And I put a random post out there asking if anybody was from Chicago. And, you know, a bunch of people responded. And, of course, being the stalker that I am, every person who responded, I clicked on their profile picture just to see if we had any friends in common to see, you know, a little bit more about them. So I clicked on Chris's after he responded and I look at his profile picture and I'm like, wait a minute, that looks like somebody I went to high school with. And turns out his wife, Lisa and I were in high school together. We graduated the same year. Um, We're in some of the same friend groups. So I immediately messaged him. I was like, is your, is your wife Lisa? And then he wrote back, he's like, yes. And that just kind of is how we became friends after that. But then I think it was shortly after that conversation is when the dubs got started. And as soon as I saw that there was a podcast, I started listening from the first episode. So through that, I, um, I kind of virtually met Pete, I guess. He was in my car as I was driving to work every week when I was listening to the podcast episodes. I'm just kind of being a guest. I think I was doing a trip report or something like that after one of, one of our family trips and um, got, to know, got to know both of them a little bit more at that time. And Michael, you know what a bad idea it was to listen to this show from episode one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I listened from episode one. Way back uh, oh, then. I know. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, and this is me being point blank honest. You know, I love you guys now. You know that I've. <laughs> he loves us now. <laughs> I, I, I have been so a insane. supporter so much so. Um, but in the beginning, there were questions. There, And, uh, you know, we can go back to resort loop because those guys you have to admit 
they just knew what they were doing from the start. You know, their, their voices, I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, when they did this podcast, you were just like mesmerized and you were sucked in and listened. Um, I'd like to say you guys were the same uh, at the beginning. But really? uh, I always felt like I had the <laughs> face for radio and Chris had the voice for radio. But I'll tell you what, it didn't take long for me to get sucked in. And and it was something where I could not wait for each episode to be released. So I think that's where we are now and where a lot of Edcott is. So that's awesome. That question was from Angie Weaver West, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Uh, all right. Hang, now, on, hang on, Michael. Hang on. I remember where I first heard your voice on the radio. You want to hear this story? Yeah. All right. So Michael was a guest. Sure. When Tim and Bob from Resort Loop were looking for last-minute guests, they were like, hey, we've got a show. We just got it off today. Who's interested? And before I know it, it was you. I remember this clearly because they wanted to talk about your life making these French delicious puffy pastries called baguettes. And I remember <laughs> Bob yes. calling them baguettes the entire episode without any correction whatsoever from Tim or you calling them baguettes the entire episode. And I remember hearing it and actually being really interested in like, okay, that's really cool. So he's clearly making beignets. But beignets. <laughs> I was like, what was it? We're going to ignore that for now. But okay, so he's doing that. He's worked over at the Magic Kingdom. It's inter- he's living there now. Pretty interesting. But that was the first time I ever heard you making the fresh baguettes at the Port Orleans food court. <laughs> yes, and that's when I started listening to uh, to the the Resort Loop um, was back when I was on break when I worked at French Quarter. Mm-hmm. I would sit in the car on break and I would listen to the Resort Loop, and then that branched off. I think I started with you guys. I had left Disney by that time, um, but then yeah, started in on on the the dubs after that but yeah I, I i always i don't know i enjoyed talking disney so much so all right so are we moving on now did we cover i mean did the start of the podcast cover you and pete meeting chris i'm i'm or just that? Right yeah now, i think so i've think got so. a mental picture of michael sitting in a parking lot listening to podcasts that that doesn't all sound like a future budding serial killer at all right there but it's good it's good it's good it's good, it's good. Keep going. Keep i was going gonna money, say right? future disney youtuber but right. you know right. whatever going. no problem well what do you think i do now right? <laughs> I, I do the same thing okay now it's just a different parking lot that's all right exactly it's a warmer parking lot for sure no wait it was just down the street okay next question is from john crawl Says you guys might have covered this in one of the older shows, but interested to know how each got into Disney initially and what keeps you in love with Disney. Mm, Good question. Stacey, you want to go first? Ladies first on this one? Sure. I can go first. So I just have always been enamored by Disney. Not so much the movies, but just always, you know, when we go to, you know, back, back in the day in the eighties, when I was, when I was a kid, we had to travel agency right near our house and sometimes i would just go in there and just get brochures and booklets and catalogs and stuff all about disney so i was always kind of entranced by the thought of going on vacation to the parks and um we just didn't have the money for it as i was growing up and um i had the opportunity to go in high school with my friend michelle her mom had timeshares in florida so we decided to she they brought me along 
and um, got to experience Walt Disney World for the first time when I think I was like 15 or 16 with with their family. And uh, it was really great. But here's the thing. That was my first trip. This is before podcasts, really before the internet. The internet might have just been getting started with AOL, like we talked about before. But um, as we were there, I kind of was like, we're not doing this right. Like, I was already kind of thinking, this isn't the right way to do Disney. We should be doing this and then this and then this. Like, I'm just sitting there, you know, judging this family. Like, they're not, they're not they're not touring this park in the most efficient way possible. So um, at that point, I kind of knew that I really loved it and I had the bug. Um, We ended up going back on our honeymoon, Scott and I, a few years later in 1999. So that was the real first introduction um, as an adult to Disney parks. And we did the (laughs) land and sea. We went on the cruise and everything but then it wasn't until probably um, maybe seven or eight years later that we started going back as a family on a yearly basis, so or every couple of years. So it's been kind of like a long evolution, um, no real aha moment, but it's just kind of always been there, and I've always had the passion for planning and um, navigating and, and things like that. Okay. Peter, you want to go uh, next, buddy? Did you have... Something to say, Michael? I was just going to, I was going to segue to Chris since she mentioned planning, but go ahead, Pete. (laughs) I see where I rank. All right. Well, (laughs) um, for me, it was, you know, I grew up in a single parent household for the most part. Um, My brother and I went to Disney. Oh, man, I was probably... And the first time and then like 15 the second time we went um, and then I didn't really go again until my honeymoon but it, it just always held fond memories for me from those two trips as a kid because we didn't really go on a lot of family vacations so for us to get to go there it was a big deal and um to this day, I, I'm very content just being in a park. I don't necessarily have to ride anything. I just like being there, being in that environment, having that nostalgia of, you know, knowing my mom took me here with my brother when I was a kid and just really enjoying that. And I think my, my love for the other aspects of Disney, like the movies and stuff like that kind of stemmed from my love of the parks. Hmm. And I, I, like I said, I was here for my, my honeymoon as well. Um, Much to the chagrin of my wife at the time, because she wouldn't make a decision on what she wanted to do as a honeymoon. And my mom came to us and said, well, I'm paying for your honeymoon as your wedding gift. So where do you want to go? And when Missy didn't come up with an answer fast enough, I said, well, since my mom's paying for it, we're going to Disney World where I want to go. Nice. The strong <laughs> and that was it. The strong that was right kind of the end of it. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, it's just I've been into it, you know, for for 30 plus years. All right. So here's my story. So I went when I was two years old and it was an airplane flight. I remember nothing about it whatsoever. The first 
actual trip that I took was that I could remember was in sixth grade. And we packed up the family station wagon and we drove down in sixth grade. And that was really the first time I fell in love with Disney. That was because you're doing things you wouldn't normally do. You're sleeping in a car. You're in the car for like a complete day, 24 hours. You're eating at restaurants you're not ever like familiar with. And there's Waffle House. Yeah, exactly. Right. Weird oh, customs. People. What? What is? What is that? What are grits? You know, you're you're eating things you've never seen it seen before. So that's really when I knew you had to have like discipline as a kid, and it was something you had to like earn. That's the moment I, I, I really fell in love with Disney. Um, what keeps me in love with Disney is the fact that I have a casual relationship with it. And by that, I mean, I don't obviously plan these things out far in advance. I don't have fast passes set up. Um, what? You, you, guys, you guys know me. I don't make ADRs. And in doing so, it feels like every trip is like an adventure. As a DVC owner, I'm the worst DVC owner around. I, I, I swear. I, I, I don't remember what my banking window is. I have to call member services every year. Um, things like I try to make reservations and then I remember, oh yeah, that's not my home resort. I literally am the worst DVC owner, but it's like every time I do that, it feels like a new experience and an adventurous experience for me. There's nothing more exciting than like going to a theme park for me and making fast passes like 12 hours in advance. And it's like, Ooh, what can I get on short notice? That's what makes me interested. So Philhar magic, right? Yeah, pretty much. And (laughs) Aladdin, right? Pretty much in the, yep. in the speedway. That's right. But, you know, in doing that, I don't plan those trips out. Now, I know people like Amy and Jen, they love planning those things out months in advance. But I don't enjoy that experience. I know I'm going and I can watch videos, but I don't want to know what every step is. As a matter of fact, I heard there's rumors about them being very frustrated with these with the magic bands. And it could just be a rumor, so I'm hoping it uh it, it comes to pass. But yeah, no, I, I like to I like to just fly by the seat of my pants, and that's what keeps me in love with Disney is that it's always something new and something fresh. That and the music. So I play Disney music all day long, but it's not like music from the movies. It's like attraction soundtracks and mm-hmm. audio and stuff along those lines. That keeps me background loops. Background loops all the time. It keeps me plugged in and it keeps me keeps me like like in love with Disney every day I play it. So that's at least my story. How about you, Michael? What's your story? Oh, well, I I guess I can answer this one. Um, for for us, I went twice as uh, a kid. Let's say I was 14, and I went one year to one day at Magic Kingdom when I was 14 with my family. Uh, and then we went then with my mother, um, uh, dad, and my stepmom and my two sisters the first time. And I went with my mom and my stepdad the next year. The funny thing is I can't really remember anything about those trips. Like to Disney. The only thing I remember is I remember a lot of trees and I remember watching a parade with lights through bushes. So I'm just assuming it was around the hub back when there used to be a lot of, you know, greenery and stuff. But um, I really don't remember much about the trips. It didn't have much of an impact. It wasn't until we went, um, me and Christina were married. Jordan was three. And Christina put a lot of effort into planning a trip for us to Disney. Now, I, I, I could get emotional uh, telling the story, but we, we, were, we didn't have a lot of money. 
Let's put it that way. We've never been ones that had a lot to throw around because we typically will take the money and do experiences. We're, we're not the saving type. We want to live life as it goes, which is a little scary. But she spent so much time planning this vacation that it, it just became something that we really looked forward to. And then to see it come to fruition and see uh, her get so excited. It wasn't even Jordan at that point because he was two and a half, almost three. And he pretty much passed out the first night we were there. He was so tired that he was – I remember holding him asleep when Spectre Magic went by. But it was more – oddly enough, it was more my wife uh, seeing her and her connection – to the experience after all of her hard work that really made me fall in love with Disney. And from that point on, I just always wanted to get her back there because it just seemed like a place that she could, I don't know, let loose and be carefree. And I could do the same. And for me, I suffer with a lot of anxiety. So it was awesome to have a place to go to where I didn't worry about work. I didn't worry about anything. I just lived in the moment like a little kid and had not a care. Awesome. You know what? Love That's it. where really my Disney love started. Yeah. You, you know what? I think we had heard that from, but I love hearing that story every time from you. That's what it does for all of us, right? It makes you like, it makes you, it transports you back to like a better time or a younger time or a more innocent time in your life is, is, is what it, I think it's done for all of us. Right. Wouldn't you agree guys? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now that we've gotten all mushy with it, we're going to move on to the next question from Lisa Yost, um, who would like to know about the Disney cynical side. So what do you hates a strong word extremely dislike if you don't want to go with hate about Disney? So who wants to start with that one? I'll go first. I got two. OK, is that cool? Sure. Can, I, can I give you two? Mm hmm. I swear, Diz Twitter, the Disney universe on Twitter, is about the worst thing in the world. So cynical, so mean-spirited, and so sarcastic. So, uh, yeah, that would be just about one of the things that I genuinely hate. Not necessarily with the parks, but Disney Twitter is definitely a toxic environment. The other thing is less of a hate. I just, you know what, I... I don't like necessarily feeling that I need to plan these things out. It's back to my other statement. I need to plan my vacation out 180 days in advance, 60 days in advance. I don't enjoy that process. That's a personal hate, so I know this doesn't qualify for everything. But that would be one thing that I don't like is the whole magic band situation. Uh, the, the way they arrange Max Pass in California is genius. It's genius. That is exactly what should be implemented in Florida. It could give everyone both the comfort of knowing you have fast passes, but it's the day of. Dining, uh-huh. res- dining reservations can be done, what, 60 days, right, Stacy? 60 days in advance for dining? It might even be further than that, but I, it, it's you don't even need it that far out at Disneyland. Correct. But, yeah. But, but as far as fast passes go, utilize the max pass system in California. It's absolutely the way it should be done. So at least that's mine. Yeah. Who's up? All right. uh, I can do I can do mine. Um I will just say what everybody always thinks is I can't stand the cost of going to Walt Disney World and I do understand a lot of the reasoning and logic behind it and I understand that 
if the costs were lower, the crowds would be even worse than they are. Um, I get it. It's just, it's painful the, how much things cost there. But that also goes into the other thing that I have a hard time with, and it is crowds. I'm I'm okay with crowds in general. I have a very specific um, dislike of crowds at Disney. I don't like it when they say fill in all the available space. Oh, I, I am the kind of person who wants to be, I want to be in a line. Like, I don't care if I'm at the very end of the line. I want to yes. be in a line. I hate the feeling of like the chaos of everybody just trying to find a spot. And Scott, like he gets so annoyed with me because I know where, you know, the doors open and all the different places that we're going. And so I will try to get myself to that door. So just so that I can like know where I stand in terms of the crowd. And he like has gotten to the point now where he just lets me go. And then he, I turn around, like my family's not anywhere near me. Cause he's just like so fed up with the <laughs> fact that I'm like trying to zoom out. I'm like, I don't even care if I'm first. I just, I just hate that. Now I'm on like a rant. I just hate the whole the corral being in a line. Yeah. Yes, like, yes, I hate that too. And then I, then I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's so annoying to me. Then why not wait to be the last one out instead of try to be the first That's one? That's what Scott does. And he's like, just let all the people go. But then, mm-hmm. then I get a little bit like, but I was here first. Like, I got here really, I, I was the first one here. So um, I guess. So that, then it, it does matter to you if you're I, first. That, that's what I was just going to say, backtracking. I guess it does, that <laughs> does bother me a little bit. But um, yeah, I guess it's like if I've come, if I've walked in last, I expect to be last. If I walked in first, I expect to be first. If I'm somewhere in the middle, um, I'm in you the middle, you know? So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I can make my way up in that line, yeah, heck yes. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, those those things bother me. The fill in all the available space. Okay, so well, that's because people don't have common courtesy. That's the problem. If everybody had common courtesy in those situations, it wouldn't be an issue. But right. it just gets to the point where everyone's out for themselves and they're pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah, so, exactly. Yes, I got it. Let me ask you this, Stacy. So you're in line, fill in the available space, and you see someone who is clearly behind you work their way to a position ahead of you. Does that make your blood boil? Are you angry? Yes. Are you angry at I that point? I do. I get like that at races too, like in the corrals. Like we've got our spot in the corral and then like people are like walking from like three blocks back trying to get to the front of the corral. Like I just want to trip them. I don't because that would be not very nice. But um, it just bugs me and it, line jumpers bug me too. So I guess that this is giving a little insight into um, my personal. Snelly, ro- I get road rage. This is going way beyond what we're talking I, about. I, I but if somebody tries you. to cut into traffic, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so calm and collected most days of my life. But if somebody in traffic tries to cut in in front of me or go around, I am, I get like so furious. So there you go. There, there's my little deep, dirty secrets. F bomb Nyman <laughs> over here. I could just see the anger, the anger welling up inside of you. Is oh, I don't deny that. Right? I don't deny it at all. Okay. All right. <laughs> big guy what do you got it's my biggest issue when i'm in the parks and this is something that was basically it was just said people have no regard for anybody else that's there it is the one thing that will aggravate me faster than anything else 
is someone having complete disregard for my time and my space in the park as long as they get their time and their space in the park. Look, I paid just as much to get in there as everybody else. I should be entitled to enjoy myself just as much as the next person. I don't really care where you're from. I don't care if you speak English or you don't. If you run into me, say excuse me. If you step on my feet, I understand I have size 14s, but if you step on my toes, turn around and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Have a little common courtesy, because one of these days is going to backfire on somebody, and it's going to be like on the news. Man, got the dubs all angry today, Stacey, Diamond, and Peter. Thanks, Lisa. Lisa, what'd you do to us, right? But, no, like, Peter's, seriously. Peter's bad. You know. He's punching people and swearing. No, I completely understand. You know what I think sometimes, Pete? I think that, you know how they have the, the videos at the beginning where the, the pre-movies pre-show? before? Yeah, yeah pre-shows. They should have that for the park where they cover some common right. courtesy. This is what is go expected of you as a guest. Exactly. Don't cut in front of other people. Don't sit there and continually run into someone because you've got your face buried in your phone and you're standing in line not paying attention and the person in front of you is no longer walking. Yes, and next we will cover this magical Disney tape, which means you do not go outside of it. It serves as a rope. All right. Do you want me to cover mine or or do we have time for this? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. It's going to be real fast because you know, I can go on and on, but my biggest thing is something that I used to respect about Disney, but I think has gotten completely out of control. And it's the whole synergy thing. I always feel like, um, no matter what, when I go or what I'm doing, that they're always selling me something always. And it's always selling me a food product, a purple wall to take a picture, a, a running event, a, um, a attraction, a food item. I mean, it just goes on and on, and they have to brand everything. It's like you can't just – and I explained this to somebody the other day. Uh, I think someone had asked about Universal and had asked about the favorite snack or the favorite whatever. And we were all looking at each other and we're thinking, well, there really isn't one because Universal isn't shoving stuff down our throats. Um, And so that's my biggest thing about Disney. And I used to love it. I used to love that everything was like brought all together by the Disney brand. Uh Uh, But nowadays I'm just like, can you stop selling me stuff for just two seconds? Because it's becoming very obvious uh, every year that goes on that they're really trying to sell me. Lisa so. Yost, you made the dubs. Literally, <laughs> the Waldorf and Stadler podcast, all right? The, the most positive podcast ever. And you look what you did to us. All right. Well, here we go. We're going to move on, and you guys better put on your thinking caps for this one because oh, Mr. Van Oh, I know Swall. this Here comes one. a positive question. Yeah, let's throw this one out there. Go ahead. Yeah, fire Tim this one up. Go ahead. Fire this one up. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> we'll start with Peter's question. Peter, if you were given the responsibility to retheme the Frozen ride, but it couldn't be Maelstrom, what would you do with that space? Oh, that's easy. That would be the lot. 
a parking lot extension, Peter? <laughs> yeah, I just bulldozed the whole stinking lot? thing. Triple diamond platinum parking right there? Is that what it would be, Pete? But yeah, it's Norway. Well. You can't take yeah. away Norway. Sweden, he's, relax, he's, lady. He's, You're fine. He's okay, yeah, that's all. true. I get to add Sweden. <laughs> Never mind. You can you can knock it down. Oh man. We could put a Norway hotel there where you're it's like you're staying two, three nights on the fjords. Oh, that and make it really cold, like the ice hotels and stuff. It's a yeah, Viking exactly. themed parking lot right now in Peter's mind, just so you know. Okay. There you well, go. I, I actually meant that it was just gonna be an empty lot. Oh my <laughs> lord. It's just it's just blank space. Well if you if it makes you feel better to say that you're gonna get to park there, that's cool too. Alright. Alright, moving along. Stacy <laughs> When Epcot adds a Sweden pavilion, what attraction would you create? That would cover the most important aspect of Swedish culture. You better All right, say so Maelstrom. Now, oh, oh, that would be a good loophole <laughs> right there. So now that Pete has eliminated Norway, which, you know, as Swedes, that wouldn't be such, you know, historically, it wouldn't be so yeah, off, be off the. Yeah, so we'll just take Swedish Pavilion, we'll take over the Norway Pavilion. It would be a big plot twist if I did put Maelstrom back in there yeah, because there's be so awesome. much of it that obviously overlaps. But I didn't think about that ahead of time. But that could be a good honorable mention plan B. Um, I was thinking about this and just kind of thinking about how each of the pavilions has like their circle vision that just really encompass- encompasses, you know, land and culture and stuff like that. And I didn't really want to do that. So I was trying to think of a really fun aspect of Swedish culture. Um, to be honest with you, there's not a whole lot of really fun in Sweden. Sweden's kind of a very <laughs> quiet group of people. But the long stocking. Yeah, yeah exactly. They have that could, great licorice. That yeah, we could that would be all in the gift shops and stuff. But um Pippi Longstocking is a Swedish um, children's literature character. Astrid Lindgren is the author, and actually it's Pippi's 75th birthday this year. Um, and she is the strongest person in the world. And it would be super fun to do a Pippi attraction. They could do so much with um with that. So that would be my I would we would we would make we would do a Swedish pavilion, Sweden pavilion, and add a Pippi attraction. Have some good gift shops with some nice lingonberries and um, really stinky fish and some um, whatever licorice, salty licorice. It'll be amazing and spectacular, much better than the frozen ride. Okay. okay. You you could throw four pieces of licorice from an open bag on the floor, and it'd be better than the frozen ride. <laughs> Chris, your task is to reimagine the space at Animal Kingdom that is currently Dino Land, please, and do it quickly. You can make it anything you want as long as you can justify how it fits the Animal Kingdom theme using your Chris-like logic. What would you do with the space? Mm, Tim, you put me on a mission and I had to research this. So I'm like, all right. So let's keep the dinosaur theme, right? Let, what movies does Disney have with a dinosaur theme? How about the movie, well, Dinosaur? Yeah, Aladar, not that good. The good dinosaur. It, it, uh, they didn't, terrible. They didn't grab it, right? So the dinosaur theme, it doesn't necessarily work. So what do you do to use that area? Okay, so let's think. What could be available that we could put in there? We need something that's adventurous, maybe something mythical, 
maybe something that would be the number one acquisition in Disney's budget going forward, considering what they've acquired so far. I would take that whole land out, including the dinosaur ride, and I would re-engage in talks with the Tolkien family, and that would become a Lord of the Rings area for Animal Kingdom. But you're like, Chris, I know the history of Tolkien and Disney, and he didn't want Disney anywhere near his products, but we've already breached that area. So Disneyland Records, you know, the the Buena Vista recording, uh, what is it, Buena Vista record label, they produced The Hobbit in 77, and they were Disneyland read-along and storytelling in 1980, Return of the King, the story of the Hobbits. And Disney released through Fox Searchlight Pictures, they acquired them now, the actual biographical film Tolkien about the life of J.R.R. Tolkien. So we've already made inroads. So you want to go and tell the tale of, of Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Return of the King? You want to use some of the dragons that are there? Develop coasters or walkthroughs? But... As far as I know, it's still available and can be acquired. Wow. What, I could, what do you think? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not the worst idea in the world. I don't see it happening, but no, that would be pretty cool. I'll take it because usually my ideas are about the worst in the world. So if it's not the worst <laughs> idea in the world, I'll take it. Hang on. Tim, you're the one who asked a question. What do you think about a Tolkien-themed land in that corner of Animal Kingdom? You could feature Avatar. You've got, you know, Everest, and you've got, you know, that area. You've got the Kilimanjaro safaris, and you got the Lord of the Rings. What do you think about that? Okay. Our next question. Uh, next question. Uh, John Crawl actually has another question um, because he says a few other questions because you only live once. And what are each of your beverages of choice and what are your favorite non-Disney hobbies and things to do? I know we were covering only Disney stuff, but the word Disney appears in the question. Gotcha. <laughs> Michael. Just non-Disney. <laughs> Michael, you're, you're first on this one, brother. Uh, well, my beverage of choice is Mountain Dew, number one. Okay. Uh, my favorite non-Disney hobbies. Uh, oh, wow. My life revolves around theme parks and Disney. <laughs> I really don't know. Just hanging out with my family. We love The Bachelor. Is that a hobby? Yeah, I was going to kind of go that way. So go for it. Yeah, reality TV show. I, I'm a reality junkie. We we really got into the circle on Netflix. We love The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I really get into Dancing with the Stars. I don't know. James Jamie Price is going to get me on that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's my thing. So who's next? Stacey, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, I really love Coke Cherry Zero. Zero Coke Cherry whatever it is coke zero <laughs> wild cherry or cherry Something. coke cherry coke zero there you go there it is right there cherry coke zero is my favorite i try not to have it too often which is good because you can't really find it very easily places anyway um hobbies outside of disney um i would have i mean running i guess um i like races I wouldn't run if it wasn't for the races so that's one of the things and i really love trashy reality tv like not even good quality reality tv (laughs) like 
um, like MTV, reality TV, like X on the Beach and Teen Mom. Those are like my jam right there. Um, and I like to knit too. So I can make lots of square things and um, sometimes hats and mittens. So that's what I'm doing when I'm not, you know, hiding from my kids. Actually, that's what I'm doing when I am hiding from I my kids. Nice. Peter, you got something ready for us, buddy? Um, well, let's see. I mean, anybody that's listened to an early morning recording of this show knows I am a big fan of the monsters. Um, otherwise, if we're, if we're going to go non-energy drink, non-coffee type caffeine, um, honestly, diet ginger ale is what I tend to go to most times than not. As far as outside of Disney, um, I really enjoy watching different types of auto racing and scuba diving, which I have not gotten to do much in recent years, but hopefully we'll get back to soon. Cool. I like flavored, like sparkling water, LaCroix, uh, bubbly, any company that makes it that actually is worthwhile. Nothing, nothing that's like, like low end though, like Canfields or something like that. But, um, I like sparkling water. I also like coffee. I drink way too much coffee. I fully admit that. Uh, but it's got to be dark roast, Sumatran, French roast. That's uh, that's what I gravitate towards. Non-Disney hobbies. So I have three dogs that uh, just about make me chuckle and laugh every day, and I love being a, an owner of, of three dogs. My kids do incredibly intelligent, smart, funny things, followed by incredibly stupid, dumb, foolish things about 30 seconds apart, and being a dad's like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I love coaching girls basketball. I coached my son for one year, my oldest daughter for two years, and now I'm in the second grade girls basketball, but, uh, they absorb basketball knowledge like a sponge. And it's like so cool to see how much fun they have when they do something right. Make, you know, they, they score, they get a rebound, they play good defensive positioning. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, and, and, Truthfully, a lot of our lives actually revolve around Disney. So it's kind of hard to separate that one out, John. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy, honestly, is just checking on the group in Facebook and, like, seeing what's going on in people's lives. And then I've, like, the Disney has crept so far into my life that most of the text conversations I have now, legitimately, they start off as Disney friends, and now they just are my friends, you know? Michael and I have conversations, Pete and I, Stacy and I, Lisa Yost and Tamara. Uh, we text each other about everything that goes on in our lives. So it's really hard to separate the Disney from the non-Disney. And you know what? I don't know if I'd have it any other way. It's, it's, it's exactly what it should be in my life right now. Yeah, and you know, that's why I was having a hard time. It's like when you go to think about it, Disney like intertwines so much into your life that it's hard to find where it doesn't. Like even when I'm thinking about I'm thinking about shows I watch. Oh, well, that's a Disney that's Disney related. Even The Bachelor's on ABC for crying out loud. It's hard to untangle the Disney from your life. And most of my friends, like you said, most of my friends are Disney friends. So even when we're talking about non-Disney things, is that still Disney or? Yeah, exactly. Here's another example. You kind know, of hard to, to say. So we'll just say, you know, another great example. So uh, they were once, you know, they worked together, both Scott Ferrioli and B Thaxton. And they obviously have different companies right now. 
both are still amazing friends in my life. Both text me things that are completely not Disney related. And I'm lucky to consider them both like super great friends in my life. And was that absolutely, I mean, the whole purpose was they, they had, they had a Disney related company, you know? So yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's kind of hard for us to pull it apart, John. It's, it's, it's embedded itself in our life that, uh, it just is part of our fiber right now. Absolutely. I, I can say like Michael and I were texting back and forth last night while watching the mass singer. It, this is true. <laughs> On Fox. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Also owned by Disney. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Wait, we got to move on. We got we got a lot more questions here. This may have to be a two-parter, y'all. Might and we may you know, maybe a three-parter. Um, Jerry, Jeremy Murray asks, if you could physically enter any fictional Disney world and live there for a day, what would it be? What would you do? For example, Peter might go to Arendelle and build a snowman with Olaf. <laughs> Not likely. So, uh, and he also says uh, that he says that he, he gives his answer. So we'll go ahead and say that to give you more prep time here, uh, that he might like to visit Agrabah and ride carpet and maybe hang out with Robin Williams, the genie. So that would be fun. So we will go with Pete first. I'm putting you on the spot. Um, that's easy. I'd go live in the Haunted Mansion for a day. Mm, just hang out with the uh, yeah. Just just hang out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can dig that. Michael, who's next? Uh, let's go with Stacy. All right, I am going to Hawaii to hang out with Lilo and her family. Mm. Well, that's tempting. All right, uh-huh. Chris. Okay, you. He said Disney, like Disney World, Disney genre. Yes. I'm entering the battle where Endgame took place. Okay, so I'm going to enter that battle in well, that's that stressful in that world. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Hope you on. got a good enough superpower to make it out. Hang on. I didn't tell you which side I'm entering though. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, Michael, you're up. Like, yeah, that remember was how it. that remember that how that turned out for him. Crazy. By the way, right, <laughs> Michael, you're up. I, my favorite movie is Toy Story, so I would I would go into that world just to hang out with Buzz and Woody and all the toys. That's where I would go. Okay, you can do that. Yeah, well, you kind of can <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> that is very true. You you can do that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, that was a good question, Jeremy. All right, Lauren Shank would like to know if you could be a cast member. Am I saying her name right? Yep. Okay. I think good. so. Yeah. If you could be a cast member with any job on Walt Disney World property, which I've done almost all of them by now, <laughs> what job would you choose? All right. So Michael's had those jobs, so very good. Here, I'll go first. I'll give you some I'll give you two crazy jobs. All right, are you cool with that? The first yeah. the first is I want to drive the boat on the Sasagula River. And I want to drive it from Old Key West to Disney Springs. Um, I don't want the quick drive from, you know, from Saratoga to the Springs. I want the one that takes from Old Key West. Or I want to be the guy that drives the van that takes you from the DVC, like 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 kiosks, to the DVC center. And and here's why: I like driving. I drive a van currently. I like Down talking by to the river. And, and no doubt, Matt Foley, inspirational speaker. But you know what? That job doesn't have a lot of pressure, and your job is to bring 
like levity and like 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 happiness to those people in the 15 minutes you have them in the car. It's like you're the opener for like the baseball game. Your job is to make sure that they enjoy themselves and bring them to, to that location. To me, that sounds like a pretty cool gig. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. All right, Stacy. All right, I'd like to do something that involves giving a tour. I think. Um, since that's what I do in my everyday life at the museum, I do tons and tons of tours and I just found it something that I'm pretty good at. So I would love to do either, you know, VIP tours or one of the tours where I, um, you know, backstage type of things. I can learn lots of facts and share them with people or even something like the jungle cruise or, you know, Kilimanjaro safaris and things like that, where I can, um, just kind of be having fun with guests and, uh, I'm sure that it gets old, but so does my job at the museum, and I still like that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where I am. So you want to be a plaid? I'm, maybe. Maybe. I can All be flexible. Right. You can be okay. flexible. <laughs> All right, Peter? Um, I've said in the past that being a paramedic for Reedy Creek would be very high on my list. Um. But if we're gonna go like just out of nowhere, um, I'd kind of like to be a concierge and just help other people get to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So, like a concierge at like the Poly or the Grand Flow or you know wherever. Best Western. I think that. I, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> gotta, gotta start, start somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> Very good. Uh, before, All right. Hang on. Before the next question, Lauren, one last job. Um, I want to work. Actually, this is completely off Disney property as a retirement gig. You guys all know it's well documented. One of the places I absolutely love in Florida. I want to work with the Gators over at Gatorland. I know that's completely not what you wanted in that. I question. swear I thought he was going to say you wanted to work at the sandwich counter at Wawa. Nope. I swear I thought he was going <laughs> to nope. say that. I want to work with the Gators in Gatorland. That's what I would really enjoy doing. Okay. I'll tell you what. Before we move on to our next question, and this is going to be uh, – the, the funny thing, I always think to myself, what would I love to do? And And having done most of them already, like I said, I've realized quickly that a job at Disney – is so fulfilling and so rewarding and has so many great benefits, but there's never a job where the whole thing, there's always just this one thing about that particular job. Like you said, Chris, that you would want to do the one route. Oh no, you're going to have to do that quick route mm-hmm. every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I found is no matter how great it is with it, it's still a job. And sometimes there, but I've always thought I would love to be a monorail driver. Like, and the funny thing is the first interview I ever went to with Disney was to be a monorail driver. And I think that's just to get you in there because as soon as I got in there, I got sent to magic kingdom to stands West slinging churros and Turkey legs. I was nowhere near a monorail. Um, but that was always the dream job for me. You would Homer Simpson, right? Do you yeah. remember, remember the episode with Homer Simpson driving the monorail? Do you remember that one? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep, I do. Okay. All, right, okay. All right, moving on. We've got, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, boy. I'm going to butcher this name. Sarah Jean Doyle Beebe? Mm. Yeah, I think you got it. Did I? 
Did I even come close? Okay. Um, this is for, for all of you. If you could only choose one Disney attraction to visit, what would it be and why? We'll start with that one. It's a three-part question. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'll go first. I'll grab this one. All right. I'm going on the Pirates of the Caribbean. And why? Because it just has the feel of what a Disney attraction should be. It's thrilling. It tells you the story. And it just it, it's it's different than any other attractions at any park in your hometown unless you live in Florida. All right, Pete. Uh, I mean, anybody that's listened again, they know where I'm going, and that's Haunted Mansion. Um, it's the only attraction I've ever been in where backstage is themed. Stace? Yep, so um, I was also going to say Pirates, but I'll go to a different my different choice. If I could go to Disney right now and I could go on anything, I think I would go on Toy Story Mania. Um, I really love it and i think that it would hold uh, a lot of my attention if um and it would just be a great one-time thing if i had to pick one thing to go on it has it all how about you michael all right mine um mine would actually be haunted mansion as well with peter but it just like stacy i'll pick another one um i would go with soren just because i have this fear of heights and thrill rides so that's about the the extent to where I will go. Um, and I always, I know it sounds so stupid, but I always feel like, uh, I don't know that I'm some sort of brave person when I get on that first, the top layer and I'm like, not terrified. King of the world. No, that's know. great. King of the world, I, you know, right? It's, it's, it's one of those things that I, I got past and it, actually haunted mansion was that way too, because I couldn't see inside for, so for years I would never ride haunted mansion, but, um, it is my favorite now. All right, question two, and we'll start with Stacy on this one. What's okay. your go-to food in each park and why? Okay, so at Animal Kingdom, Sutuli Canteen's one of the protein bowls, and I, I love those. Um, they're just really filling, and after I finish, I am thinking about when I can have another one. Um, at... Magic Kingdom, it's definitely going to be the ooey gooey toffee cake from Liberty Tree Tavern. Uh, that is just an amazing dessert that uh, everybody needs to try at least one time. Missy and, and I went there for dinner the other night. I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm happy for you. Um, at, <laughs> at, uh, at Epcot, I'm going to go with uh, oh, um, I'm going to go with the shaved ice in Japan, um, tangerine flavored. I love that stuff so much. Um, and then at, uh, what's the other, what's, oh, Hollywood studios. Um, can I just get a pretzel at the cart <laughs> right by the frozen sing-along? That's where I'm going to go. I'm just going to get my pretzel. Hope it's a little bit underbaked and, um, be happy with um, the scenery, I That's guess. That's rock hard old pretzel that they charge. No, you okay, okay. yeah, no, and it has to have the cheese sauce too. So, Sarah Jean, I'm going to bore you completely because I'm not really 
a great foodie when it comes to theme parks. So, like, if you ask me my go-to foods, I would be completely boring to you. Like, like fish and chips over at Liberty Tree is, is really good, but, like, no one's going there. At for Liberty the, Tree? Don't they have it? Yeah, they do. They, they, mm-hmm. do, have they it. do. I'm just surprised you. that's where you would get it. You, you know what? When the, you've got Columbia Harbor House, like, Couple doors down. You know what though? When I go to Columbia Harbor House, it's like the tuna sandwich or that that, that they have that lighthouse. The lighthouse, yeah, vegetarian, yeah. But realize that a lot of my food choices it comes from like my family tolerance. So where will the seven year old eat and be happy? Wherever that is, I'm going to be happy. You know, if I could get a chance. So yeah, I don't have like a good like option. The places that I have the most memorable food experiences are usually at resorts away from the theme parks because I'm the kind of guy that goes in and it's like, okay, I got 12 hours. I got to try and knock out as much as I can. And who didn't make these fast passes that moron that should have made some fast passes? So now you're scrambling to try and do all that stuff. So like eating to me for like an hour and a half at like Be Our Guest, would be. it's like, yeah, that's that's too long. That's too long of a time to spend there, you know? So, like, your pretzel, I love the idea. I'm going to say pretzel for, like, all four places. Like, that's me, is, like, grab something quick and get up and go. That's pretty much what I'm going to do. Boring. I all know. right. Peter. Um, Let's see. Magic Kingdom, I'm going with the Dole Whip, uh, just because of Dole Whip. Um... Epcot, I'm going to go with the Dole Whip with the booze over at Refreshment Port because <laughs> Dole Whip. Um, Animal Kingdom, I'm going to go to Tiffin's and get the Wagyu steak because it is one of the best things I've ever eaten on property. And Studios, Studios, I'm going to 50s Primetime and I'm getting the leftovers so it gives me a little bit of the fried chicken a little bit of the pot roast and a little bit of the meatloaf michael do you have a Mm. you have a favorite food option um i i don't really i mean there's things i gravitate towards i love the uh, lafu's brew at magic kingdom i love that drink uh me and christina would get that every time we would go um honestly i like um the empanadas in Mexico uh, at, at Epcot. And uh, I don't know, to be honest with you, we don't eat much when we're there because we'll just eat at home and then we'll go uh, and then come back and eat again because it's just too pricey. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably about as exciting as I get. Um, next question. Top three Disney movies of all time. This should be a quick hitter. So, Pete, you can go first this time. Um, let's see. Hmm. I'm going to go number three. Wait, are we talking just straight Disney or are we talking about the expanded ownership of Disney? Anything you want. Let's go there. Yeah, anything. Hmm. That makes this harder. Um, okay, then straight Disney. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm going to go Jedi, number three. Um, eh, I know everybody's going to think I'm going to say Haunted Mansion, but Eddie Murphy should be beaten for making that movie. Um, 
Number two, I'm going to go with Swiss Family Robinson. I don't know if that was Disney live action or not, but I'm going with it. And number one, I'm going with The Lion King. Hmm. Swiss Family Robinson definitely qualifies, Pete. Absolutely. I haven't seen it in years, but I I really do enjoy that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, you can go next well, if you'd like. I would say <laughs> I, I would put three Marvel movies. So for fear of just throwing the Marvel movies in there, straight Disney, I would say number three is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It's always held a soft spot in my heart. Number two, I, I it, it's it's debatable that this movie has the best music of any Disney movie, and that's Pocahontas. I've always loved the Pocahontas soundtrack and the Pocahontas movie. It uh, it always is like a watch for sure when it comes on. And number one, I'm going to surprise you, actually. Uh, when little Beatrice watched it the first time, I was immediately hooked, and I continued Mulan. to... It's close, because it, it starts with an M. Uh, I love Moana. Moana's a great Disney movie. So Oh, it is. Yeah. That's, that, that'd be number one in my book. All right. Those are some good ones. How about you, Stacy? All right, so um, my number three is Parent Trap, the original one with Haley Mills. Um, number two is also Moana. I love Moana. And then number one is Princess and the Frog. You know, that is an underrated movie, Princess and the Frog. I could yeah. listen to that soundtrack just over and over again. It's one of the, it's, it is the best music. I love it. It really is. I can remember watching that vividly. I remember the first time I watched it. It took forever for us to, to actually – to watch um but that was back in the day when you could still like rent dvds mm-hmm. and i remember renting it and we all it was me christine and jordan watching we were all like mesmerized by the movie the whole time the music just kept us so entertained yeah, it so was good. crazy um mine would be real quick um and no particular order the santa claus 2 toy story 1 and nightmare before christmas good ones okay those are my three Okay, we just have a few more here, so hang tight. We'll get through these um, before we go on to show number two, which would be the JJP questions. Um, That could be a two-parter all by itself. It could, so we need to power through all the rest here. So uh, let's see here. We've got Scott Gerke wants to know the highlights of a trip to Wawa. This should be a quick one. Hang hang on. You passed the JJP. (laughs) show that was a disney question you've got to ask that one come on now we're ready for the answer for that one the one that's a disney question yes the merry date or dump question that's a disney oh, question. That's oh no right. way you, that's, a <laughs> disney, that's a disney question you have to ask that michael i thought that was a jjp show no question. no it's a disney yeah question. so did i because i'm gonna refuse to answer so whatever all right <laughs> it'll be faster then here we go okay so, marry, date, or dump. Stacy, your options are E.T., Sloth, and Gizmo. Okay, so I am going to marry Sloth. This was really div- – I thought through this so ridiculously long that it's it, it's very comical. I You're talking about Sloth from the from Goonies, Goonies, right? yes. Okay. Yeah, not from Zootopia or whatever. Hey, Sloth from the, from the Goonies because he – What a great movie, just right, Just is like – the best i mean i want to take care of him and make sure that he has a quality life so that's number one i am going to date et just because i don't know 
it's ETU. And then I'm going to dump Gizmo because that thing could cause lots and lots of trouble. Yikes. Don't get him wet for sure. Exactly. All right, Chris. Rapunzel, Belle, or Ariel? Okay, he so, just wanted to uh, talk about the redhead. Well, 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 in fact, I'm going to deny every having conversation with Ariel because she's like 16 years old. So I'm going to pretend like that conversation never even occurred. So it's not even a dump. It's like, like I don't even know who that woman is. So that's what I'm doing there. Um, we're done with that one. Um, I would potentially date Rapunzel. But she's led a weird sheltered life, so she's got baggage that I just don't want to deal with, you know? So like She's a frying pan too. Uh, so be like, careful of that. That's a lot of weird like mama issues and stuff, so I, I don't know if I can deal with that. So I would probably marry Belle because she's a learned, intelligent woman, and that's appealing to me. So yeah, that's what I would do. All right, Pete. Anna, Elsa, and Ola. Is Pete still here? He might have left. Pete, which one would you marry, Pete? I'm just curious. So my, my I'm going to give a, a a real quick um, honorable mention on the last question, and that would be Miracle. I don't know if anybody's seen Miracle, but it's about the U.S. Olympic hockey team that beat the Russians. Okay. Oh, uh huh. Incredible movie. Uh, going back to that next question. Um, I dump one, I kill the other one, and I make the other one stand under a heat lamp until he can't talk anymore. Mm. Yikes. Mm. All right, this just went not family-friendly. All right, all right. Oh, no, that that, that was family-friendly. Trust me, <laughs> that could have gotten way darker. Okay. Where are we at, buddy? Ooh. Are we going to the highlights of the Wawa trip? Uh, I just thought that could are. be a quick hitter here. So, um, I, And I'm going to... Just start this off by saying I have no love for Wawa, and we'll just keep going. Such as the best of the donuts and pretzels. Driving to WDW in June and need to know what to stock up on. So Scott Gerke would like to know, what is your appeal to Wawa? And I'd like to know, too. Pete, do you stop at Wawa, or does it just happen to be just a place? It's not. It's just a place for you. Um, I stop. Okay. Occasionally, I'll get a sandwich. Okay. I will get something to drink and a pretzel more times than a sandwich, but yes. a lot of times I'm just getting gas. <laughs> All right. So, Scott Gerke. So, the pretzels are up by the counter. If you want the stuffed pretzels, they're a little bit to the side, but if you want the plain pretzel, you can buy them in single or double pretzel variations, and they're up by the paid <laughs> counter. Stacy could tell you exactly where that's at in case you don't know. Did you just all just hear like the passion that that just like right. got into Chris's voice when he starts talking? He's like, "All right, this is business." All right, so let's, you, let's go. As soon as right, you no open the door, around. this is serious. You turn to the right, and that's where the donut case is at. Now they have a pull apart donut. And that pull apart donut's pretty good. Beatrice likes that one, <laughs> but we like the red velvet donut. Stacy says it's got looks like hot Cheetos on there. I know. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I know, I know, but the red velvet donut's good. The chocolate glazed cake donut is also really good. The one that's like a giant like Entman's Bakery where it's like a crunch with the chocolate, that's really good too as well. Chris? Yes? He probably doesn't know what Entman's Bakery is. Sure he does. He lives in Chicago. Are you kidding me? He knows what Entman's oh, yeah. is. No, you're right. Scott does. I forgot. Trust me. Scott Gerke knows what Entman's is. Trust me. 
Um, but anything they make in the bakery section is good. Try the sandwiches. Go for Hoagie Fest. The footlongs are like five bucks. Or get the mashed potato bowl with the gravy and the corn and the mash. Scott, you could go and pick the worst item, and it's still going to be good. Take it from your buddy Chris, and tell me when you're going. Because, like Stacy, I'll I'll hook you up, and then you have to bring me back like a forty dollar order. Yeah, you will. Right. So tell me when tell me when you're going, would you? All right. Yeah, and don't let me know you're going there. All right. So we've got Joseph uh, Thickus would uh, like to know with so many episodes now behind you. What do you now wish you had done differently with regards to the podcast? This is a serious question here. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been your biggest challenge slash failure? And what's been the thing that surprised you the most about yourselves? This one is an introspective question for sure. Mm. Peter, Stacy, you guys got some answers here to this one? This is a tough question. Let's see. Yeah, what you know, would we change? Yeah, I don't know if I, I could answer that part, change, because I wasn't from the beginning. So, um, Well, there could be something guys. that you would change from when you started. True. But, I, I, I'm um, pretty happy, though. I, I would change those first few episodes where I didn't have an actual like dedicated microphone and stuff yet. <laughs> I, legitimately, I, like, I, I know I sounded terrible. And literally, it was seventy five bucks worth of stuff that could have changed all that. Yeah, I think we're all guilty of that one, big guy. Uh, I am definitely guilty of that one. Um, <laughs> as far as like, what did I learn about myself? That was that was part of the question, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm surprised I can keep from cussing on the show as much as I can. Me too. Me too. You, you've been very. I mean, Chris restrained. has talked to me off the you've off the show, yes. and he knows. Like, yes. I, I'm. I'm. I can make people blush if I'm stuck in a car for too long, and Chris drove down here with me mm-hmm. nonstop from Chicago to Florida, so he's well aware. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, even then, I thought I was. I tried to stay fairly, fairly mono. You're on the control. drive down under control i tried yeah yeah well, you know to, to some degree at least what was the middle part of that question <laughs> was there a second part of that question um you covered the biggest challenge or failure right or was or, that part yeah of the... i guess that would have been what i would have changed so i mean yeah my failure would have been not buying the microphone soon enough uh, um yeah but we're all guilty of that Joe, here's what I would say. Uh, what do we wish we had done differently in regards to the podcast? Um, you know what? I, I, I don't know if there is any one particular thing. I, I, here's something. I, I'm going to rephrase your question. What am I most proud of that we didn't do is I think the title of our show hurt us and helped us in many ways. And that's the truth. It would be very easy. And I'm not knocking anybody who has who has listens to a show if we threw the name disney in our title we could draw people left and right whether we had a quality show or not because they simply do a search for the word disney as a podcast and in fact our show you need to think for a little bit what that actually means before you understand what it is so what i'm most proud of is everything that we've earned we've earned because 
either we've entertained you or we've annoyed you so long that you just said, fine, I'm just going to listen no matter what. Um, but we didn't earn it because we just had the word Disney in our title. And I'm proud of that. So we could have made our life a lot easier if we did, though. <laughs> so, yeah, we could have. Right? So that's one thing. Also, our ability, and I'm not putting this on anyone, me too, we're not great marketers of the show. We sometimes forget to market when we have an episode out. We aren't great, and we're not active in, 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 in Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. We put most of our effort to just having fun and planning shows, and we try to. Thank goodness that like Edcott has been so supportive because it's such a good, welcoming, like supportive environment for us. We don't got to be like, hey, episode 217, come out and listen to our great show. Instead, like they already have, you know, so we mm-hmm. don't have to. Thank- Goodness, we have somebody like Michael that'll take right. <laughs> take the rain on this stuff for some so, of this stuff for us. And the thing that surprised me about myself, I would say that honestly, at this point, that we've kept it going. You know, at, when we started off, Pete, what was our goal? Like, how many shows did we really think we were going to get into? We 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 were going to be impressed with ourselves if we hit a hundred. <laughs> Like five. <laughs> we had low goals, you know? We didn't know what to do. So um, the commitment to doing it, though, it can't be understated. It's a lot of effort. You know, you're friends with Mike Rallman. To do a show, even when we do a show as goofy as ours, to plan the show, to get the guests, to do the recording, do the editing. You know what, though? Over time, it becomes part of who you are. And it's just, you know, you got a budget time for that. You just figure out when to do it and when to get it done. So the commitment to keeping it rolling right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so I think that was the last question besides the other ones I think we're tackling later, correct? I think so. So for anybody else who's listening, this was a long show today. This could have been twice as long because JJP, our friend James Jamie Price, has a bunch of questions which – are not necessarily Disney related, but just is valid. Like, let's give a teaser to one. Um, Michael, give us a fire off one question for JJP, and then we'll end the show. All right, well, let me get a good one here. So, um, let's see here. Oh, gosh. Stace, quick virtual jazz hands will entertain the crowd while Michael's looking. Yeah. You doing it? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. All right, yep. we're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. Well, all right, here are just a few. What were your favorite 80s shows slash movies? Favorite toys as a child? Pet peeves? You know, this is where we're going. All right, and not, pet, doing not pet peeves. We already got Peter and Stacy all fired up. Let's, let's not do that. Oh, I can I can do different pet peeves. You know, <laughs> just do general pet peeves. All right, you know when that woman cut me in line the other day? This is completely different. Um, oh, you saw that merge sign four miles back there, just like me. Now yeah. you want to get in my line? It was blinking oh, too. So, Did you say '80s shows, Michael? Was that a, was that a question? Yes, 80s shows slash movies. All right, we're all of that same generation. So let's yep. fire up. What's our favorite 80s show off the top of our head? And we're probably going to forget some. Okay, Peter. I have Ty. All right. Sorry. Go Can ahead. You go? Go first. you go first. Okay, Mr. Belvedere and Wonder Years are my is my Ty. Oh, Wonder Years. Such a good show, right? Oh, don't, don't knock Mr. Belvedere. Winnie Cooper. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Are you kidding me? All right. Peter? Um... Oh man, um, let's see. I always used to watch Boss, or who's the boss? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Cheers I used to watch all the time. All right, let me ask you. Was it for Alyssa Milano, Peter? No. It, actually, we it was just – it was always on when we were having dinner. So it was just one of those things. And, okay. I'm, I'm, you know what? This was probably one of my favorite shows. And it was a it wasn't a very good show, but I enjoyed it. And that was Perfect Strangers. Oh, oh love that. Oh, Bartakamus, right? <laughs> Get out of the city. My cousin Larry Appleton. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> Shut the front door. Okay. Um mine would have been uh Cosby show. We loved the Cosby show. My dad would always fix pizza that night. It was like pizza night. So the audience does not know how to take that, Michael. We're just going to leave that one alone. We're going to we're, we're just going to remember Bill Cosby as he was, right? Hey, the show Cliff was the Huxtable. show. We're just going to remember there, him how he was. Remember him as Cliff, right? Cliff. Exactly. How about we watched it for Claire Huxtable? There we yes. go. She was amazing. Um, the A Team. There you go. Magnum PI. Miami Vice. I love MacGyver. Miami Vice still has the greatest opening soundtrack music of any TV show. Oh, easily. Still does. Um, And I always liked Night Court. Night Court always made me laugh. Night Court was a great show. I loved Night Court. Wasn't it a great show? Uh, What about Different Strokes? What you talking about? Guys, what about about Small Wonder? (laughs) Do you remember that one? I I do do remember that. With the robot girl? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Silver Spoons. Anyone? The kid had his yep. own trick. He was a spoiled Walt Disney as a child. Mm-hmm. He had his own train in his house. Very good. JJP, so you're listening. I know. God love you for staying with us this long. What was your favorite 80s TV show? Let us know. Maybe that'll be a post in Edcott. List your favorite 80s TV show. Just so we can get everyone's opinion on this one, okay? Um, so stay tuned for the next one. We've got some other questions that are non-Disney questions, just like that one. And for listening today, we certainly appreciate it. We know it was long. Uh, hope that you learned a little bit about our Disney connections. So for the co-hosts, including myself, but for Stacy, for Peter, and for Michael, we'd like to thank you. Yay! Right? We'd like to thank thank you and have a great day. See everybody. Bye everyone. Catch you on the flippity flop.